ladies and gentlemen, the Empire Podcast is proud to present, for the last time, for a month, <coughs> the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra is proud to present, wait, I've done that bit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like? Lonely is a man without love, brackets, Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra edition. A one, a two, a one. Oh, I've got a head cold. So Helen will be doing this. One, a two, a one, two, three, four. Every day I wake up, then I start to jake up. Lonely is the mark without Steve. Oh, good lyrics. See what we did there? Every day I start out, then I cry my heart out. Lonely is a mark without Steve. successful <laughs> oh my word I'm going to miss those guys when they are boxed away in a corner of our minds for the next for the next month or so oh my entombed word entombed in stone entombed in stone like Amit herself praise Amit Praise Amit. <laughs> Praise be unto Thanos. Uh, hello Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the final Moon Knight spoiler special. Of course, dedicated to the Disney Plus MCU show. It is now finished with episode 6, which last time I checked still hadn't been given an official title on Disney Plus app. Is anyone, am I wrong in that? I haven't checked. It was just simply episode 6? Earlier on today, when I when I when I watched the episode for the second time, uh, so that's very very exciting indeed. What are they hiding from us? What <laughs> are they hiding from us? Um, so whilst I reboot my Disney Plus app to see whether this episode has indeed been given a new name, uh, I will introduce my three colleagues, my three conchu colleagues of such lethal conchu. No, oh no. boy, <laughs> Helen O'Hara. Hello. Who carried the song beautifully? Oh, you're very kind. Yes, well you know Engelbert Humperdinck. But then again, who is? Okay. Apart from Inglebert Humperdinck, yeah, obviously. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe Tom Jones also. Yeah, Tom Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was a little trivia round before I introduced you, before we started press and record. Do you know Inglebert Humperdinck's real name? Jake Loxley. Jake Loxley. You don't even know Jake Lockley's real name. You're thinking Robin of Loxley. Yeah, that is my cultural heritage. To be mm. fair. Okay, so that's Ben Travis. Ben Travis is also here. Hello. And James Dyer is also here as well. Chris, I'd like to say you are really the only real superpower I ever had. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's lovely. But it's you don't know, do you? even though I told you what it is literally five minutes ago. Ingrid Humperdinck's real name. Jerry something. Dorsey. Jerry Dorsey. Dorsey. Jerry Dorsey. Jerry Dorsey. So there you go. Uh, all right, let me just reboot the Disney Plus app. No, nope, still hasn't uploaded, according to mine anyway. Really? Mm. What are they hiding? Maybe it's just called Woohoo Hippo, which is my favorite line <laughs> from this episode, which he just bellows at Tower Out when she goes sailing past on the sand ship. And I thought that was marvelous. It was like a spiritual sequel to Goat. Yeah. <laughs> Goat. Yes, it is. Woohoo Hippo. Can we have a second? He's very good at pointing out animals, isn't he? Yeah, like a second series that's just 
just Stephen Grant like pointing well, like out an, animals a, a that kids are there. Book, like an old McDonald's farm yes. kids book where it's like, <laughs> go. Woo, hippo! <laughs> Old man Conchu had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and on that farm he had a hippo, E-I-E-I-O, with a hip hip here and a hip hip well, there, here a hip, there a hip, everywhere with Tara, a hip, hip. it would be a fuck fuck here and a fuck fuck there, because she is the fuck hippo. So. She is the fuck hippo. Mm. Old MacDonald had a farm. Oh no, that's oh, terrible. No. Oh no, let's not do that. All let's, right. Let's not do that. Uh, so, uh, the episode title may be episode six. Maybe that's what they called it, and they just couldn't be arsed coming up with something better. Uh, so the official synopsis on the Disney Plus app is uh, slightly spoilery. As Moon Knight joins the fray, Mark, Stephen, and Konshu must work together to stop Amit. So that's the basic logline. That's the one-sentence summation of the episode. But of course, a whole lot of other shit happened in this episode as well. The goddess Tarawet uh, took Layla as her avatar and turned her into a temporary, temporary avatar, yeah. like the Paul McCartney song, Temporary Secretary. I have questions about that. How does the fuck hippo turn her into the Egyptian falcon? Like It feels like there's an imagery <laughs> discrepancy between hippo and Birdwoman. I was really excited. I was like, we're going to see the superhero hippo costume. This <laughs> right? is going to be nuts. With little flappy ears. Yeah. Like, all of it. And maybe, I don't know, like crushing watermelons. That's oh. what most of the hippos on the internet seem to do. Just like crush <laughs> watermelons in their mouths. Yeah. Um, I was like, is she going to be like chomping men's heads and making them explode? And no, she just had some wings. She had wings. And she swords. Wings. And swords. Yeah. And wing swords. And she was a badass. She was just not very hippo. Not very hippo. Yeah. Not very no, hippo. she wasn't. She wasn't, and that was a, that was a sad one. Uh, so the hippopotamus, of course, as we all know, is a very aggressive wild creature. Mm-hmm. He said, not just reading off the internet, mm-hmm. and is the deadliest large land mammal on the planet. It is estimated that hippo attacks kill 500 people each year in Africa. Mm. And we don't even hear about the ones they'd kill in London. Right. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know there was a mad plan at one point in like the 19th century to have hippos live in the Mississippi Delta to discourage, I don't know, I think they were worried about invading forces, maybe the Spaniards at the time. Um, And luckily it didn't come to pass because then there'd be a huge body count in, you know, Louisiana as well. Yeah, because if they get guns, then yeah, that's right. They're really yeah, forced to be reckless. I don't think that guns was the don't concern. kill people. Hippos, Hippos do. <laughs> <laughs> that's when uh, the hip hop apotomus, as we as we all know, the most bottomless, the deadliest of all hippos. We have already gone so far. Off <laughs> yes. oh, um, so anyway, so in this episode, Layla bonds briefly with the goddess Tarot and becomes this hippo thing. Fuck hippo avatar. Fuck hippo avatar. Uh, Arthur Harrow. Arthur Harrow. Uh, uh, who, who should have the the, the sort of lovely Cockney Barrow yeah. Boy accent? Uh, he bonds ish. He frees Amit. Yeah, he frees Amit. So many questions. Amit grows to the size of the. I'm going to say Eiffel Tower. Big. Is the Eiffel Tower bigger than the Pyramid of Giza? I believe so, but now I'm going to have to look up comparative heights. Oh, comparative height. Helen, this is like you know, <laughs> Helen's like a hippo and shit right now. Yeah, this, this is, is where she lives. Amazing. So then, uh, Mark decides to leave the field of reeds behind because even though it's quiet, it's boring as a dog's ass. Also, Russell Crowe's there and that's just unfortunate. So, <laughs> Running his hand through the wheat. <laughs> Welcome to the new world of cults and monsters. Oh, no, no, fuck this. <laughs> off he runs. The uh, dark universe is never going to happen, Russ. It's never <laughs> going to happen. Let it go. Welcome to a new world of gods and monsters and fish. <laughs> so he goes back, Mark goes back. He says that the most romantic line in the MCU to date... Oh. 
You were, was it? The only real superpower <laughs> oh, I ever had. Oh. What is love oh, if yes. not grief persevering oh, has been blown out of the water? <laughs> you are the only superpower I ever had. What's it again? I forgot the line. You're, You're the only me. real superpower Thank you. I ever had. I, I, in my defense, oh. I have a very bad cold. It's not COVID. I've tested myself every day for the last four days. It is not COVID. If it is, it's, you know when you do those little COVID tests? Yeah, I'm familiar with them, yes. What does it mean when the red line forms into a bloke in a cloak holding a <laughs> yeah. scythe and a skull yeah yeah what, yeah. what happened is that's it, fine. good that's, that's, that's fine that's a negative that's, 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 yeah. okay yeah. that's good yeah just conchu's skull just appears <laughs> yeah. on the does yeah. this mean i'm the avatar of a moon god i'm very confused yeah. yesterday's was it formed into what i could only describe as an impression of a gravestone with my name on it and the 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 number 2022 oh but I presume that's, that's, that's fine. Clear. Yeah, that's it's, fine. it's only I'll the two lines you have to worry about. As long as you don't have the two, two lines, lines. Two okay. lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'm the so sorry. Eiffel Tower is twice as tall as the Great Pyramid of Giza. Whoa. So okay, so I was right. Yeah. So so the goddess Ammon, she she raises herself up to her, her full imposing height, which mm. is twice the size of the Great Pyramid of Giza, and and she's you know she then has a big fight with Conchu, who can also do it for reasons. Yeah. And then uh, so Mark is in the he runs back from the field of reeds. He he brings Stephen back to life by saying the line that I am. Forgetting already, but it's a great line. They run back to life somehow. They become Moon Knight, but now okay. they're a package deal. Yeah, this makes total sense. Okay. Okay. So they so Mark goes back for Stephen, and then when the door opens, the light hits them. That frees them both from because the Osiris, you Osiris, old softy. Old Osiris, Osiris gives them a second softy. chance. Yep. So then they make it through the door with the help of Tarot, who stops them being you know sand swept in sand. That once they're through the door and they wake up in their bullet-riddled body mm-hmm. between, like, you know, just about to die, presumably. But then Conchu's Conchu. like, aha, I ah, sense he's you. back on the board. I so he no, yeah, immediately, yeah. you know, legs it out of the fight yes. and straight back over to Mark. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. yeah that's, Gives him his that's, magic clothes. I yeah. wasn't, I he gets healed. Yeah, I got yeah. all of that. Okay, okay good. Oh, that's fine. That's right, We're then. on the same page. I wasn't quibbling any of that. Okay, okay. yeah. Uh, so then... After that, they become Moon Knight again yeah. in a sort of deal with, with Konshu, who goes, yes, don't worry, lads. Don't worry, lads. I'm going to release you both after this is done. Don't worry. The two of you can go. No doubt about that. There's definitely not a third personality that I, I'm in cahoots with. Ha, 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 ha. Sorry, I've got a real problem bird. with my eye here. Yeah. You silly old bird. And uh, so then they have a big old fight uh, with Arthur Harrow, who has now been imbued further with the powers of Amit. Did, he, did anyone else get very strong Mumra vibes from him when he was standing on top of the pyramid essentially going ancient spirits of evil <laughs> transform this decade st-. yeah anyway ben, you wouldn't understand that yes. reference this is to Mumra the ever living yeah, no the Thundercats that's yeah Thundercats right. Thundercats well, he's, he's too young, young. Oh. he gets yeah. it he gets he oh. yeah that's right yeah, Ben unlike you know most people his age actually he has an interest in what happened in the before times <laughs> so he, that's he, right he, looks he stands Wily Kit and Wily Cat I don't understand. I don't get that one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they have a big old fight. Uh, then a third personality uh, manifests itself, but we don't see who it is. Uh, beats Harrow up. They imprison Amit. Everyone goes about their yeah, day. They say Every- later's gator. Later's to the giant gator. Oh. <laughs> that was a missed indeed. opportunity. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> well, because it's it was a crocodile. crocodile. So it'd be in a while, a crocodile. In a oh, while's crocodile. There you go. In a while, crocodile. That would have been wild yeah. dials. No. 
there you go. Don't know. Uh, so then uh, the show ends, of course, with Mark and Stephen reconciled, now living in the same body, but able to switch personalities without even, you know, so much as a blink of an eye. Uh, but they're still chained to the bed. bed. Mm. Wiley chained Definition to the bed. Definition of a red flag. Yes, <laughs> very, very much so. And where is, where is Layla at that point in the, fi- in the final? Presumably moment. flying around Egypt as their new superhero. Which I thought was a lovely maybe, moment. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. a temporary avatar. Well, she's, maybe, she maybe be... she's going to stick with it because you know that little girl was very impressed with her. So the second oh, Egyptian good. superhero, mm. Mo Salah, is the first. Of right. course, I did wonder where you were going with that. I was, I was worried about apocalypse. To be honest, and it was going to get really <laughs> confusing from an Yeah, it was going to get really confusing from an Oscarizing point of view. So that was that was terrifying. All right, and then of course. So we end the show with them falling over and we think, oh, it's all over with. That's it. We can all go home now. And then there's a post-credit sting uh, in which it is revealed that, yes, the third personality is Jake Lockley, the taxi driver in the comic books. but The Spanish taxi driver. Mm. Here he is speaking Spanish for some Mm. reason. Uh, He is driving Mark Spector's great big fuck-off I think it's a Rolls, Rolls Royce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it might be a Bentley, but I, I didn't double check. It's either a Rolls or a Bentley. It's a better car uh, than any of us have got. Which, That's Im- right. which implies heavily that Mark Spector is a billionaire, which, of course, he is in the comic books uh, as well. And there's a lot that Mark and Stephen don't know about this third personality. Mm. Uh, the, the existence of the third personality, yeah. for one. Well, they have an, I think they, they have, have an inkling. They have an inkling. Yeah. 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 But they think they're out of the game, but and of course they're not. shoots Arthur Harrow in the face. He yeah. does shoot Arthur Harrow in the face, which yeah. is um, which is bad. Do we yeah. don't see him shoot him in the face, in fairness? I mean... He could I, shoot him anywhere. I, I think it's heavily implied he shoots him in the okay. face. Yeah, I, I don't think he shoots him in the balls. <laughs> no, but... I'm going to shoot sense. you between the balls! <laughs> <laughs> he goes full Vernon Wells. <laughs> with, with, with the, the steel fist. I'm going to kill you, Arthur! I'm going to kill you, What is happening? You're on full commando. Never go commando. Never go commando. commando. (laughs) Not the sweaty pod booth, that's for sure. Oh my god. Oh my god. I also like that we got back to the to the bloody feet. That eventually we do come back to the glass and issues. I have so many questions. So many questions. Very, very many questions about this episode. This episode is a tight maybe truncated 44 minutes and I think they've they've papered over some cracks yes. possibly to make this 44 minutes and uh, they've skipped some ste- some steps in the process I would say but overall before we get into the, the questions know, yeah before we get well listener questions no, obviously, our but questions, before I've we get loads. into our questions and we discuss the the episode uh, before we discuss the, the micro let's discuss the macro what did we think last week we talked about whether they would stick the landing do we think they stuck the landing or where do we stand in the episode in general? Ben, you've been itching to say something for a while. Sorry. I am kind of down the middle on this one. I thought it had really good moments, but I thought it did feel a bit rushed and a bit clunky at points. McClunky. <laughs> yeah, there should have been some McClunky in there. Um, the, I mean, Oscar Isaac, flawless as ever. Mm. And uh, kind of just impressive weirdness, like having something that feels really distinct and different in the MCU at this point is still an impressive feat. So having two giant Egyptian gods sort of duking it out in a big sort of monster fight while you also have the the, the like character stuff happening at foot level was a nice visual change. It was something weird and different. I just thought it wasn't always entirely clear what was happening or why. And I think it tapped into this sense over the whole series that I don't think they quite fully fleshed out some of the world and ideas and plot stuff to their fullest extent. So the things I'm going to take from the show 
it's the character stuff. It's Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac. It's those mm-hmm. two yeah. sort of central performances, both of which are Oscar Isaac, rather than the plot stuff is already like leaking out of my brain right now. I, I I feel like, and I feel like that's partly maybe me, but also partly maybe the show that the plot and some of the developments were kind of wispy at best. And you're kind of grabbing at that wispiness, trying to get something concrete out of it, which doesn't mean it wasn't fun. I thought it was a really fun episode, had some like big air punching moments and some like nice emotional beats, but it wasn't a slam dunk finale for me. I really enjoyed the kaiju fight. I would have liked maybe a bit more of a sense of the rise and fall of that fight reflecting the rise and fall on the ground and vice versa. And I feel like they played with that, but they didn't quite get there. I also, like like you say, Ben, I think there's there's some logic holes in all of this. You know, the the idea that, um, what, only an avatar can lock... yeah, was, up again. I was a bit like, is that yeah. why though? I don't understand. There was an awful lot of, for reasons. Yeah, so reasons. many questions. And, and like, so you know, I, I get that there's a sense that the, the gods have kind of left this plane and therefore can only act fully through their avatars, I guess is what they're going for. But it does seem bizarre that in that place of all places that that would still be the case. It doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So um, so there were things like that that I didn't like. But, you know, Mark and Mark and... Stephen are are brilliant and mm. and you know also I was a bit confused by the trip back to the asylum and so like who's doing that what's where's that coming from yeah. is that yes. is that yeah. Mark and Stephen trying to process it themselves is that a final blow from Amit is that Conchu trying to keep them in control is that where Mark and Stephen go when Jake is in control well that was what I was kind of that's what I'm kind of saying with mm. with with Conchu is that Conchu kind of putting them there because because Jake wasn't in control when he's in the sarcophagus in that place true so it doesn't unless seem... that was a metaphor but then why would why would the metaphor be him being locked up when they're running around that place because reasons mm-hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> also it felt like that place it felt like Harrow was like in that illusion as well that moment when he realised yeah. oh my feet are bleeding I'm not that's the psychologist that's the thing that's so information then, that Mark and Stephen don't have they don't know about the glass and the shoes so therefore yes. how is he manifesting that in this astral plane who Conchie gives a shit about glass Conchie would know that would Conchie know that because yeah, I think so why because he was his avatar but what if he then? didn't do that when he was his avatar but maybe he did Maybe he did. That must have made being Moon Knight quite difficult. You're Moon Knighting with glass in your shoes. But then you're healing all the time. That's true. Maybe he's seen it since. You know, maybe he's Mm. seen it when he's been watching Harrow to figure out what he's doing. There are a couple of things along those lines. Um, I have questions. Yeah. Let's come to you, Jimbo, actually, before we we explore this stuff. What were your overall thoughts on the episode? Uh, I don't think it was the strongest episode. Okay. uh, But I thought it was good. I was a little underwhelmed by the conclusion, but only a little underwhelmed. I wasn't hugely disappointed. The Jake stuff... I think was the thing that had me the most crestfallen. I think because I, I, I like, I loved, loved, loved that jump cut to him defeating Harrow. I thought that was genius. Yeah, it was great. Mm. Fucking loved it. And I found the revelation of who that third personality was just felt like a letdown. I was hoping they wouldn't go the Jake Lockley route, and I just it just didn't really I, work I, for me. I'm intrigued that they have gone that that route mm. because they've reimagined 
Jake in the way that they reimagined Stephen. Stephen in the in the show bears absolutely no resemblance yeah. to the Stephen in the comic books, and likewise Jake Lockley, apart from the fact that he appears to be some sort of chauffeur. Yeah, exactly. That's I just I long, I almost didn't want them to demystify that character. I like the idea if this story is to continue, which we can get onto, like, that that might be something for down the line. What I did like was obviously Stephen came back. That was an absolute deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't come back, I would have just turned off. Yeah. Uh, and I like that the fuck hippo had more to do <laughs> well, because again, because fertility and women you're so reductive <laughs> but but she like genuinely because I wondered if she was just going to be like the gimmick hippo in the afterlife but I like that she became part of the story because I really enjoyed that character so that was fun yeah. that said there are so many plot beats in this that make no fucking sense whatsoever and mm. let me just start with this one question that I have for you which is why is Harrow suddenly more powerful than all the other avatars combined when at that stage he's not even an avatar like what? Where? 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 How? Why? What? I, I think we're meant to take it that so Amit has put her actual power into his staff. Because that was the other question. Sliver. Because yeah, Amit's first question is, mm, "I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> like, who are you? I don't know who yeah. you are." So she doesn't even know who he is. So, but what? he has this relic that presumably has a bit of her ability. So presumably like, that's it. So you think backwards. he's discovered the staff, and that's where he's got all Amit's power from, and his magic tattoo that he's giving to people. Yeah, I think so. And so uh, Amit is blissfully unaware that he's doing all this shit in her name, and then wakes up and's like, "Huh, I'm sorry, who this? Seems, new, fo- new phone, who this?" It, it does kind of seem that way, and then it seems like uh, mm. I don't know if then the staff is meant to power up even more when. It becomes an axe. When no, when she, but when she's, when he's got the yeah, thing as well. That, that should. He's just holding her in tomb. That that shouldn't. I, I rewatched that because someone, that someone sent in a question about that, basically saying if Haru could power up his staff, upgrade his staff at yeah. any point, why did he wait until well, now? Well, indeed. And so I thought initially that he had taken the what do you call it, little stone statue? Statue. Okay, thank you. Uh, no. No. It has it a name. Does, I can't it does remember start what with it is. You, though. Yeah, yeah. That the little shapti, shapti, something like that. Yeah. So I thought he had maybe connected that to the staff, and then that becomes a crocodile head, and then he gets more powers. But it just seems to be the proximity of yeah, Amit's. That's what I took out from. Maybe mini figure or yeah. her Funko Pop <laughs> action figure. Yes. Yeah, and uh, that seems to give him a little bit more power. Uh, and you can also get the sense that the other gods are slightly complacent and a little bit past it and he's maybe been practicing a little bit more yeah, but you get the sense that the, all the other gods last time were very much you know bound against using any of their powers and, mm, and trying to hold back and therefore that that Konshu and Amit have a sort of advantage over them that way yes a head start yeah. but for me I liked Ethan Hawke's performance throughout the throughout the show. I thought he was very, very good. Uh, I really liked the conversation that he had with Amit when she returns, and he's basically like, you know, I have, I, I am not worthy. Then I am ready to accept death. I thought I it was like very that, interesting. He's not a hypocrite. Yes, like he's perfectly willing to accept Precisely. the judgment that he's willing to. Oh, the, the hippo, the hippo was Amit. the other. Hmm? You said he wasn't the hippo. No, the hippo was the other one. Oh boy, hypocrite, James. <laughs> although <laughs> wordplay. Although. <laughs> He he is though, isn't he? So he's saying. So she basically tells him, "Your scales are going to be unbalanced because I'm going to have you kill a whole bunch of people." Now, the only reason that your scales would be unbalanced by that is if that is an evil act. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, but, but he's going to go ahead. But that's and do a, it. that's a hypocrisy, isn't it? Yeah, that's the hypocrisy. And everything, yeah. everything he's doing, yeah. everything he's doing, he's been kill, literally been killing I people, know. and yeah. he's been because his scales are definitely not bad. I like the fact yeah. that, that they basically saying that all the Egyptian police except one are all twats. Essentially, that was the uh, that was well, the moral that of that particular, particular group Again, of. You're, yeah. you're assuming that Amit's judgment is Praise in any Amit. way 
right and you've absolutely no basis for that decision she's a god helen the scales never lie that's right the scales never lie lie. and crocodiles have a lot of scales like she controls the scales so you're just assuming that she's honest about this stuff well no reason she's got no reason to lie yeah it's it's just her philosophy i think that people object to not her i don't think she's necessarily lying i think she is you know Mm. straight down the line you might not agree with her methods, but no, she gets but, results. But does she? We don't have any evidence of that. Because the only people we see acting in her name, having passed her test, go about killing a bunch of but people. It's kind of interesting. Layla passes the test and then is about to murder Arthur. So clearly murdering Arthur is not seen as a bad thing, unless, of course, the fact that she was never going to go through with it is taken into account. I didn't see her pass the test. Well, because she's there. When he slams down the staff, she's with all of the followers. So she would have been killed as well if her scales were not balanced. So her scales were balanced. And we know that Stephen's scales are balanced. No, we don't. We We know there's chaos in him. Well, no, but Arthur does the test, doesn't he? No, no, because the scales don't stop No, no, but that's Tauret's scales. Amit's scales pass him because Arthur gives it to him in the second episode. No, that's what I'm talking about. The scales don't stop moving in that. He doesn't pass. I thought he passed. No, the scales don't stop They keep moving still. They keep moving. Oh, interesting. I misremembered that. There's chaos in all of us. And also the test that I think Arthur does towards the police, I don't think Layla's caught up in that. No, I don't think she is. She's either. behind him, and he sort of it's it goes. Well, it sort doesn't. Of ahead it, of him. It, I thought it was like came out like a sphere, didn't it? it came no, out it, in all it, directions. It, he, he only aims it at the uh, at, at the, the cops. Cops. I, the cops are so I will take yeah. your I will take your word for that. Uh, but my point was that I think Harrow is in a way one of the great missed opportunities of the show. There's so much backstory I thought we were going to see. So many little uh, holes that would have been filled in. We never got to see, for example, how he knew that. Well, A, how he got involved with Amit in the first place. I thought we might have seen a flashback to him being conscious Avatar at some point. You know, mm. that Harrow version of Moon Knight, why he became disillusioned with with uh, Khonshu would have been very interesting to see. How he knew, for example, that Mark was involved in the murder of, even though he tried to stop it, even the murder of Layla's dad. All that stuff I thought was ripe for exploration and we're not going to get it now. I don't know that we needed it though, did we? I felt uh, we did. Yeah, I, I felt that. I The more interesting stuff they hinted at the more it felt annoying that they weren't fully going there because that scene in this episode where yeah where he is talking to Amit and I was like oh this guy really genuinely does believe like it's not Mm -hmm. just because he has that power he is willing to take that judgment and how seriously played that scene was of of how he wasn't he was just going to accept whatever that judgment was I was like this is fascinating and I felt like we didn't get much character stuff beneath that. I'm like, but why does he believe that? Why does he feel that? And I just, I just wanted more because it's Ethan Hawke and he's doing great work. I think that's and- what gives us what we need. I think Ethan Hawke doing great work gives us all of that. I don't mm. think we need. I don't think everything needs a backstory. I don't think everything needs a flashback. I, I don't think it needs it really... that. But like for me, it felt like you were just seeing little glimpses of something and never quite seeing the full picture. And that full I picture seems really more effective. Yeah. I do. I sometimes think, especially since that he has no history with Amit at all, and it's just like he found a stick. Like that's essentially his backstory. I'm not sure I needed that. Mm. I quite like that he's there's a little bit of mystery there. I think over explanation can sometimes be problematic. I think he went looking for the stick. I th- I, I took it very much as he went on a mud Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he found it in the Thames. But I am confused because I, I could swear he said he was the avatar of Amit before and I, I've obviously Yeah, just I just I, I, I absolutely assumed that was the case mm. but clearly wasn't. I thought he had struck a deal with her. Like, yeah. you know, basically yeah. he had found the staff. She had somehow communicated to him through the, the ether. Not the ether, mm. but the ether. Uh, no way in this one. Uh, and she'd said, look, in exchange for freeing me from my stone prison, 
then I will imbue you with these incredible powers. Yeah. Yeah. And none of that is true. None of it, well, it appears to be true. Um, it, that's what I, it felt like a little bit of a muddle for me. And I, I, I don't want to get caught up in the rut of, uh, you know, dissing the episode because I liked the episode. It was a fun episode, but uh, there, there were some things I thought some corners were cut um, that didn't quite work for me. The, the, the astral plane thing is really fascinating. We are hoping to get a, an interview with Mohamed Diab, who is the show's lead director. Uh, so that'll be on the Sporter Specials uh, feed. You know, I do want to ask him about the astral plane. How exactly does that work? You know, Ben raises a good point. You know, what is that? Is that a construct that Mark has constructed in his head somewhere to mm. house Stephen and Jake? Suli. Jake Suli, I see you. Uh, but if so, how is Harrow manifested in this construct? Last week, I thought it was an, you know it was a it was an element of. You know he's take he's he he has taken everyone he's encountered along his journey, and he has reimagined him as patients in this hospital. And Harrow being the chief antagonist in his mind, he has reimagined him as the chief antagonist, the the doctor, in in this mm -hmm. fictional astral plane hospital. Uh, but Harrow seems to have agency, and that that thing about the bloody footprints, like how would he have known that? That's really interesting to me. So is, I was wondering, is Harrow somehow projecting, they're both avatars, maybe, mm. <laughs> of Egyptian gods. Does Harrow, has he somehow unfagled his way into this world, into, the, into, into this construct that Mark has? I'm, I'm, that's, I don't know the answers to this. Maybe if we do get the interview with Mohammed Diab, maybe he can answer, answer those questions. But what, what, what do you think? I did think, certainly last episode, that Harrow was involved in some way and was kind of manipulating it. But the problem is, I mean, that's never been explained and never been, we've never been given a a reason to think he can step inside people's heads, that he has any kind of psychic powers or tele telepathy or anything. Because, um, like, you know, Professor X could do exactly that, right? Professor yeah. X could set that up in Mark's head and... and probably semi-autonomously leave it running almost. Mm, um, mm. So if, if Harrow was, you know, a mutant, then that would totally make sense. We have no reason to think that he is anything like that. Mutants but, confirmed in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> but, if it, but if it was something along those lines, I feel like if we'd, if we'd seen some hint of that, then that would make sense. But it could also just be, you know, the fracturing of Mark, Stephen, Jake's mind with Khonshu, you know, sort of bearing down on top of it. We know that... Arthur find it extremely hard to be Conchu's avatar. We know that he he felt tortured and tormented by him. Maybe this is a form of the torture and the torment that that Conchu, you know, imposes, whether whether deliberately or not. Mm. Maybe if Conchu obviously is linked up with Mark and Stephen, he maybe brings a bit of previous avatars with him if also he was possible, formerly yeah. in Harrow, that he brings a little bit of Harrow with him could be it. Because it's not just the the lack of knowledge of the of the bloody feet. It's the fact that in that sequence when Harrow sees his bloody feet, he seems surprised he and shocked because he yeah. believed yeah. in the reality of that situation. But that is sort of external consciousness to, to Stephen and Mark because they're the ones who the whole time have been questioning that reality. So it wouldn't be a shock to them if they were like, oh, this reality isn't real, but it is a shock to Harrow. So that has to be something or someone else. I, I feel like in general, I, I don't mind sometimes when mystery things aren't wrapped up, but I think when you're doing that and you're playing on different levels of reality, I think you maybe need to a bit more cleanly establish what those levels of reality are. Because even if 
they work on a metaphorical level, you kind of need to know what that metaphor is for it to have more mm. meaning. So I, I wish we'd had a bit of a cleaner resolution to where and what that was supposed to be. I think maybe we're putting more thought into it than they did. <laughs> this is our, this, we're, doing, we're doing it again. We're doing yeah, it again. Yeah. i say what slightly did annoy me, and it's a tiny detail, but it, it, it kind of got me, was the people having a little street party in Cairo with little pyramid-shaped lights on their table. No, maybe this is a massive tradition in Egypt <laughs> that I know nothing of, and if so, I apologise to Marvel and to the people of Egypt. But, you know, we don't go around having, you know, parties little of an evening big ben with a little Big Ben on the table, do we? <laughs> like, yourself. it's a bit weird. Speak for yourself. Yeah, it's a bit on the nose. Love Big Ben. Hey, uh, what's Big Ben's real name? She'll know this. You'll know this. What's Big Ben's real name? John Harrison. <laughs> ben Travis. Jerry Dorsey. <laughs> Everything. So, it is? It's the um, clock tower of Westminster. Yeah, it's, it's the bell. It's called Big the Ben. Yeah. Is, the bell is, is nicknamed the, Big Ben. The, the tower is actually... The literal bell end The tower is called... Is called hmm? What, the shaft? Is that, what, what are we doing? Victoria... St. John's? <gasps> the Elizabeth Tower. Elizabeth the Elizabeth Tower. Yeah. Housing the bell end that is Big Ben. Oh, boy. Indeed. It was named after the Commissioner of Works who oversaw the building. Who was a bell end? Who was Sir Benjamin somebody around. Right. Let's call him Travis. I don't remember. Yes. Sir Benjamin Travis. I accept. <laughs> 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 looks good. Looks good. The the renovated Big Ben. Does look good, actually. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it looks lovely. Shiny. Shiny and, yeah, lots of money. Um, yeah. That wasn't going to us anyway, but <laughs> but nevertheless. Uh, shall we talk about Jake? We talked about him a little bit, but the revelation of Jake, how did you feel about it being held to the end? At what point did you realize that that was how it was going to end? Uh, for me, it was the second that uh, Conchie went, I will release you both. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink, 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 not not. It's opera. weird how he can wink when he's just like yeah. a bird <laughs> ice yeah. Yeah. But he actually says wink, which <laughs> helps. Wink. I'm winking right this now. This is me winking. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand why you entomb Amit in Arthur Harrow and then just let him wander off with the god inside him? Does, is the god's powers... Cont- like, um, I don't, why is he in a wheelchair? I, I have many questions. There's the, yeah, there's lots of questions. drugged into a stupor, basically. That's he he seemed he fairly compassmentous when he was in the back of the car, didn't he? I yeah, mean, yeah, he seemed to be, seemed to be okay. And, perhaps... why, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, because reasons. Like, all of that felt quite waved mm. off. Like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Pay no attention to the plot device behind the curtain. I don't... Mm. So you could maybe argue that they left... They imprisoned Amit inside him. And also, where was he? Because you said like the psychiatric institution he was in had a... What was the Sinovich. name of the... Sinkovich. Was that in London? Yeah. Well, Jibbo, um, that is actually named after Bill Sinkovich, the great artist, the great comic book artist, whose work is really, really distinctive. In fact, he did our bespoke Moon Knight subscribers cover. He did. When he put it on the, uh, the cover that a, few, a few weeks ago. So he is, one of, he is probably the great Moon Knight artist. Uh, an amazing, amazing artist. And uh, and the pronunciation of his name uh, is helpfully his Twitter handle, Sinkevich. So there you go. Uh, and that's in London because you see at the end the gherkin mm-hmm. is in the is in the background. So I have questions about that myself. They have, if they've entombed, and we'll get to this. This will this will be our, our road to Jake. Uh, so they've entombed Amit inside him, yeah. but because she's inside him, she can't get out, and then presumably he's gone. A little insane as a result Seems of that, like, or they yeah. have probably nearly there already. Before. Catatonic, maybe a little. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's on the he's on the road, yeah. and then so they've got him back to London. But then that raised questions in my mind about how much of it was real, and how much of it wasn't real. 
you have giant Egyptian gods fighting outside the Great Pyramid of Giza. Was that really happening? But then maybe that's like one of those things in in uh, Doctor Strange, no spoilers, where he sort of waves his hand to be able to see all the stuff that's happening that comes from a different dimension or a different mm, world. On the different planes. Otherwise, the there's, you just see some stuff is happening, but you can't tell why or what, and you can't see the big Yeah, because the jackals things. were invisible, weren't they? Yeah. And so I think the, I think the giant gods fighting, we can see them because but we're... But people look, can't. But people yeah. can't. But okay. he's American, and he was caught up in this whole situation in, in Egypt. Egypt. So mm-hmm. why is he now in London? Because Stephen Mark, lives in London. Mark brought him there? Mark and Stephen live in London. Yeah. So they must have brought him back there to keep an eye, you know, I'm keep close, keep, an eye on. keep your friends close and your enemies closer. In a nearby psychiatric yeah. institution, but yeah. in a harrowing conclusion, oh, yes, uh, he realizes that the closest enemy is the one who's inside his closer friends. Whoa! I think he's keep your about friends Jake. close yeah. and your enemies closer, and there's nowhere closer you can keep your enemies than inside your head, and that is where Jake Lockley lives. And Jake Lockley has in been unlocked by Conchu, who knows of Jake Lockley's existence, and clearly they've had some sort of deal going on for for ages, right? That's my reading yeah, of it. And Lockley yeah. is the sociopath who kills everyone. Yeah, yeah. So you wonder whether it was Lockley who did the little bit of butchery uh, when we first get the scarab. You I know, when he's covered in blood. That, yeah. that yeah, doesn't feel like. Now that we know Mark, that doesn't feel like his mo, does it? No, because it doesn't make quite make sense to me as well that they would both at the end go. Hey, that wasn't either of us. Must have been some other brutal guy inside of us. Okay, let's just ignore that <laughs> I mean, look, and go. Home. <laughs> maybe, maybe this explains why they're still chaining themselves to the bed. You know. Yeah, I, I would have thought that would prompt some more exploration on their own part I th- I think, of who that person is I, I th- and why he's doing bad things. I think the basis of their identity has been to shy away from the joins, if you like, in their personalities. And I think that's, I, I, and again, we, we're not by any means experts in DID, but I feel like that's, that there has to be a certain amount of self-justification or self-obfuscation in order to make the realities of the different personalities work. And I think that's what's exactly going on with, with Mark and Stephen. Because they basically took this entire series to come to terms with each other's existence and decide to work together. They have at no point reckoned or attempted to reckon with, as far as we've seen, the existence of another person inside their head. So it feels like it's a deliberate, or not deliberate, it's it's a part of what they're going through not to engage mm. and not to question too much what, who else is in there. But it also feels a little bit like, we'll get to that later on. You know, we're in the middle, oh, of, think, we're in the middle of this and we're, yeah. we're absolutely, you know, going... We don't Hell for leather, trying to fight yeah. these guys, and we'll we'll get to that later. I on. think there's also a bit of that, and I also think that this was a deliberate and very good decision on the part of the show not to have this whole thing be a Jake episode, which I think some people were predicting after last week that we'd see lo- lots of Jake this week, and we technically kind of didn't. Just the post credit sting, we know Jake Jake was there in the middle, but we again didn't see him mm. come out. Um, so they left him to a post credit sting, which is about what I certainly wanted because I didn't want this to turn into and now we have to think about this thing um, because it's taken like I said it's taken five episodes for for Mark and Stephen to work together throwing Jake in for one episode would I think have been a complete mistake and and so doing him as a post credit I was very very happy with 
see, I, I wish this wasn't post credits because it was like the proper ending of the series. But I did like that to an extent, other than the fact that we all want to see more of this character and more of Oscar Isaac, it did feel like a show with a relatively self-contained ending. Like by the end, mm. Harrow is dead, the, all the god shit is sorted out, Stephen and Mark are sharing the body everything feels like it's kind of in a good place there is a proper resolution to that story so i did like the fact that it properly ended things off it gave you rather than like oh harrow's still on the board but he's in the prison and or in the uh, psychiatric ward and he's got the guard inside him no we got like a clean ending he's off the board we found out who the third personality is that they've been teasing and there, there can be more there but for what this show was what these six episodes were it was an ending but i i, I just yeah. didn't get why that was mm. delivered as a mid-credit sting like that's the ending of your show like I let feel, it be the ending i feel at this point they've almost locked themselves into that formula like they have to have a post-credit sting um that felt to me it would have been perfectly satisfying to have that be the ending of the of the show I liked having that little breath between seeing Jake and Mark getting along mm. and then seeing Mark, the fact that they, have, break, they actually have something else to deal yeah. with it is almost like a little coda for me I think it works quite well as a post yeah I like it but I think I think Chris is right they, they, partly they've locked themselves into yeah, it but we understand too. the grammar of it now that you have like a, a soft ending and then you have like a paragraph break and then you have a little coda at the end and that's your final thought yeah. and then potentially if it's a film a little humorous throwaway at the very end yeah but uh but but Ben's right as well. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with that, and I agree with what Helen said. But Ben's right also. I think in that, um, you know, it doesn't end you on a, it doesn't end on a cliffhanger apart from that. It, yeah. no, it Loki ended on a what the fuck. Yeah. Loki ended on we you know and it Loki tells ended you with the promise of season two. Yeah. The only one that has done that. You know, there there may not be a one division season two. There may not be a Falcon and a Winter Soldier season two. There may not be a well, there is a Loki season two. Hawkeye, we don't know whether it's going to be a Hawkeye season two. I think have they said there isn't? I thought they said that it was a standalone thing. Hawkeye. Which one, Hawkeye? Yeah. Have they? I thought. Maybe I'm mis- misremembering. I swear they two. basically said, yes, yeah, what, what if is returning, two. Loki's yeah. returning. But my understanding is none of the others that we've seen are returning because they all fulfilled their specific yeah. function. Mm. Whereas this one could go either way. This could mm. go either way. Um, so if you were to see Oscar Isaac again, um, because again, I think it was you said a while ago, that no, it was Ben. Sorry, uh, said that the the show's big triumph is in this character. Yeah, these yeah. characters, Mark and Stephen. Uh, many, many Stephen. Who I mainly Stephen. A little bit of Mark. Wow, you look Na- amazing. What are you wearing? Ninety-five <laughs> percent Stephen, five percent Mark. Uh, but you know, we we like Mark. But this is the character. This is the triumph of the show, more so than the show itself is a character that we want to see again. So when do we want to see him try and resolve, them try and resolve this situation, which is they have a third personality and that personality in a really interesting twist is a complete fucking psychopath. Mm. So how are you going to resolve that? Because I don't feel you can now drop Moon Knight into someone else's film. For the simple reason that you, to the best of Mark and Stephen's knowledge, they are no longer the avatar of Conchu. So I feel you've got a lot of character development which would muddy a larger mm. story. So you almost need another series of this to resolve that shit. Because if Moon Knight shows up, say in uh, fucking Thor, Love and Thunder or Black Panther, Wakanda Forever or something <laughs> like that. Uh, no foreknowledge here, no. by the way. Is if Moon Knight were to show up, it would be Jake Moon Knight. So A, what does that Jake Moon oh, yeah, we don't Knight know. look like? Well, yeah. And B, he would be a psychopath. So yeah. he would be a bad guy who would need to be taken down, weirdly enough. I think he's a raggedy... Kind of looking Moon Knight. A raggedy Moon Knight. Raggedy Moon Knight. That's my call. 
on him. Yeah. Like Mumra the Ever Living. I mean, not unlike <laughs> Mumra the Ever Why is this yeah. a Mumra spoiler special? All of a sudden? <laughs> we love Mumra. We yeah. do. You can He's never so get good. further than that in, in uh, Egyptian <laughs> mythology, yeah. apart from obviously Imhotep. But yes. do you want to see Moon Knight season two or would you rather see a Moon yes. Knight movie? I want to see Moon Knight season, season two. two. I, I feel mm. like th- they have... I, it would I feel, it would feel weird to me for them to pivot from a Moon Knight series into a Moon Knight movie now, as much as, for me, this series is one that kind of felt, apart from what I said last week about the flashback episode, kind of felt like this one could have been a movie. Mm. Um, but I now that they've started this as a series, until they bring him into somebody else's story, potentially, I think I just want... Where could he fit though? Where could he fit? Could he fit in Blade? Could he fit in Blade because yeah. of the supernatural thing? Could he fit in Blade and maybe laser? What are going to do with <laughs> Daredevil potentially? Eternals. And, yeah, think he fit in Eternals. Yeah, could yeah. with the whole like Although, deity stuff. They're all off world at the moment, yeah. aren't they? So. Some, uh, are they all off world? Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah. The thing that a series two would give you with where they get you at the end of this show is you'd get a series of. Stephen and Mark properly, willingly sharing the body together. And we got so much really great Oscar Isaac stuff this episode mm. of of them within the same shot, like, and not just... We've had bits where he's switched between the characters before, but, like, switching back and forth repeatedly. Like, super cool. Want to see more of that. Also, really interesting marriage counselling. <laughs> Really fascinating. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot to dis- there's a lot to unpack to there in terms that. of relationship. Uh, it really is. Future. I mm. would like to see him in a movie next. I'll be honest, uh, because I felt that this 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 was um, Rafa Benitez, the former Liverpool manager, uh, oh, used to use uh, an analogy about you know the blanket analogy, which is you, your blanket can't you know you you, you you drape a blanket on a football pitch and you can't cover the entire football pitch, and it felt what? to me. Okay, go, go with me. Go with me here. So you can you can so it's use a very a, large blanket, but it's not quite large enough to cover the whole, the whole of football, football pitch. pitch. So you got your football players, and you can drape the blanket over this section of How the football pitch. How big is this blanket? It's, it's a, a big, really it's large a big blanket. blanket. You can drape your blanket over this part of the football pitch to to stop this threat, but that means you're leaving the feet exposed down here, and therefore you can be attacked. All of which is my way of saying that I don't think the blanket of the budget quite covered the feet of this show. And I think that was that was evident in some of the the cuts that happened. Um when you know obviously there's a there's a lovely way of the, the fugue state thing is a lovely way for them to bypass really expensive mm-hmm. fight choreography and, and blocking and effects. And it is more effective. But there was also little things like the fight with the gods that happened all off screen because you, you just got a feeling that that's too expensive. Still look better than gods of Egypt. Just saying. This well, is I mean, the most things to all of us look better than gods of Egypt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, I think that a movie might give you the budget. And now we've locked into the characters. Luckily. We have the budget to lock lead into the characters. You could really explore that. So what you're saying is, unlike Thor Ragnarok, they didn't get Cape Blanchett with the budget. They did not, yeah. or Cape Blanchett with the budget, indeed. Yeah. But I, I also think that the interview we did with Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke and May Kalamaui uh, a couple of weeks ago, it's available now on our regular podcast feed. If you haven't already listened to it, go and listen to it. And Oscar Isaac said on that show that... You know, whenever he was first recruited to the MCU, the, one of the pitches was that this is a guy who ultimately could become part of the Avengers. And I'd be fascinated to see that. We, they haven't announced the Avengers 5 yet. They're, it almost certainly will happen at some point. I would say 2024, maybe 2025 might be the, the, the if I was a gambling mm-hmm. gambling podcast host, I would say that would be the, the date that they would look, look out for a new Avengers team with a new Avengers lineup. 
And having this version of Moonlight in that would be really interesting because you don't know which one you're going to get. Mm. And it could be like the Hulk was in the first Avengers movie, which is he's an incredible asset to have on your team. because Maybe. He's an, <laughs> maybe. But he's also the one, you know, if it's Steven, great. If it's Mark, fantastic. But if it's Jake Moonlight, then oh shit, we have a problem within our own ranks and we need to take him down. And that could be really exciting from a dramatic point of view. I mean, yeah, we're assuming maybe more malignancy on James Jake's part than. Oh, well, that's a Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> Praise Amit. On Jake's part than has necessarily been revealed. But yes, he does seem to be a psycho. Um, I'm also intrigued that a Spanish speaking personality has chosen the name Jake, Jake Lockley. Yes, Jake Lockley. That yes. is a fair point. It's, it's, it's I'm, a, look, I'm, I'm happy to get Oscar Isaac speaking Spanish in it, but um, yeah. There's a lot to unpack lot with, to unpack with Jake there. Lockley. He's wearing a flat cap, which he does in the comics, but in yeah. the comics he's British, but they can't do that because Stephen's British. Yeah. But then... No, he's uh, he's American in the comics, Jake Lockley. He's a New York cabbie. Although most, in fairness, New York cabbies proverbially are not American-born. This is true. Do do like stereotypically? Do New York cabbies wear flat caps? I just think that's such like it's, a Yorkshire thing it, or a London thing. It's for a me. massive throwback. I feel like it's <laughs> okay. like it's not like I feel like it was a throwback when it was written. I feel like yeah. it was like a nineteen forties kind what, of look. Governor? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was even even in the what sixties seventies when Moonlight first came around. That that felt like. Not I'd love, I'd love it if Jake Lockley had a thick Yorkshire accent, but <laughs> when he speaks English, is you know, he really leans into it. All right, lad. Basically, <laughs> to Oscar Isaac, you want to do a British accent? You want to step it up? Try yeah. Yorkshire next. Try Yorkshire next, lad. Uh, all right. Um, I want to ask one to discuss one last thing before we take some listener questions, and we haven't really talked about Layla and the fact that she becomes the avatar of the hippo fuck god. Tarawit. Fertility women in the home. Oh, sorry. God. That's it. That's it. Uh, uh, what did we think of Layla's arc and how it gets resolved? Does it? it, it I mean, she, does, does she have an... I didn't have a lot of an arc slash character she slash kind of anything. arced through the air while she was sweeping <laughs> around <laughs> with the wings. <laughs> she, the, the, and the, the, three, the fight sequence I thought was quite fun. Yeah. I liked the, the, the doing the two different... Moon Knights, that was quite fun. Watching him like mix it up with proper moves with his little sticks, watching Stephen get to yeah, grips with his power, that, was, that cool. was quite a fun thing. But she, she was a standout. I really liked her. I don't know what her name would be. Because I don't yeah. think that's a, I think this is a, a brand new creation for the MCU. Yeah. I, I may be wrong in this. There may be a, there may be a counterpart in the comics that I don't know about, but I think this is otherwise a Hippo woman. Hippo woman, <laughs> yeah. Probably not though. I genuinely hate to bring this up because I'm going to sound like the worst people on the internet, but mm. the th something that did confuse me was, so she gets the, the power, she's the avatar, she's got the, the, the wings and the suit and stuff, but she was very, very on it in that fight sequence in a way that I was like, genuinely, maybe I just haven't held on to what we know about that character so far. She married suit, is what you're saying. I don't, I don't, um, no, I don't make me that person. Say it, Ben. But, say it, Ben. Say it with me. The, the level of capability she suddenly yeah. had in that fight sequence, whereas with with Stephen and Mark, obviously Stephen was always basically useless until he realised he was also Mark, but, and but Mark think, is a mercenary. Yeah, but I think that's it. I think Stephen didn't know he could do it, but actually had it in him. Yeah. Mm. Um, she has been pretty tough, and she has been in fights. We've seen yeah. like maybe not mm. weapon fights, but I think I feel like she's. 
displayed a level of competence already. That Which translated readily to the power of flight. I so guess that's, so. That's <laughs> but also I think Mark, uh, not Mark, Stephen, was fighting Khonshu to an, to an extent. And mm. sometimes they even, even though of Khonshu's existence really, he kind of did and he kind of didn't. Uh, whereas she willingly accepts the bond with Tarawet. So Tarawet may be bringing something to the party as well. Also possible. I, I could believe that. Yeah. It was, yeah, just one of those things in the moment I was like, I, because I actually really like it when in certain superhero things, people get bits of powers and they're a bit shit at it at mm. first. Like, and they have, they can do stuff, but also there are things that they can't do very well. And I kind of like seeing that balance. So, uh, and we've seen that with Stephen when he kind of summoned the suit early on and became Mr. Knight and was kind of goofy with it. Um, but I, I'm really glad that they did give her a chance to properly be part of that final fight. Like they did not sideline that character at the end in a way that kind of just often happens when you have a yeah. secondary character who doesn't have a reason to get involved in that fight. Like, they gave her a reason to be involved and gave mm. her the power set to do so. So I applaud them for doing that. And and to be fair, this episode did give her, actually, like you say, stuff to actually do. So she she had to um, well, take down one guard who nearly discovered her in the cave at the start, mm-hmm. then infiltrate the gang to get back to the city, to get into the pyramid, to mm-hmm. try to free Konshu, as she had been asked to do, um, which she did, which she which she achieved, um, and then you know accepting Tarot to to kind of mm-hmm. well save her own life and get out of it. I guess the, the, she also does get a little emotional beat there, where when she discovers essentially that her dad is in heaven, mm-hmm. and I think that's a little bit of closure on something mm-hmm. as well, which I think was important. Uh, Tarot, not a stealth hippo. Notice that no. she immediately starts yelling, yeah. and everyone's like, "What the hell is going on out there?" <laughs> also, Layla, not the stealthiest. <laughs> like when she was stowing away on the truck to get out, and she was like. Shifty Eyes McGee in the back of the truck. <laughs> not just Shifty Eyes McGee, she literally pulls her mask down, revealing her face. Like, oi, who knows oi. what she looks like? I'm going to stab him now. You can just keep your mask up for a bit. I did like that, uh, the bit where Tara Witt starts communicating with her through the dead bodies of, yeah. the, going, Hello, of the cops. Hello, yeah. yeah, and I also liked that moment that, which gave May Kalamaui, whose performance I warmed to. If I'm, if I'm honest, I thought she was a bit stiff in the episode we were first introduced to her in, but I think that may be a function of how she was introduced. She had to do an awful lot of expository dialogue whilst riding a scooter and a lot of that seemed to be ADR as well but the character became deeper and more complex and the performance I thought got a lot better uh, as it went along um, and I love that moment where she bonds with Tararit and she gets to do that back and forth you know in, a, in the very mm. in the Oscar Isaac style having a conversation with, with a hippo yeah. god I was just reading that um, Oscar Isaac's brother was his stand-in and double for this show um, which is cool. Who, who, by the way, is on Twitter as Bro Dameron. So, no way. Yeah. That yeah. is excellent. I've literally followed followed him just for that. I That's, like, That's great. A hell of a Twitter bio. <laughs> that is so good. Um, all right, should we take some listener questions? Sure. Uh, okay, I'm going to take them in the order I'm seeing them. At Michael J. Shirley... Looking forward to the Moon Knight finale spoiler pod. Well, if you've made it this far, then you know that your optimism was misfounded. Um, with, with so many open questions by the end of the episode, especially with the Jake Lockley reveal, does the pod team think a second season or movie appearance is a likely next step? Well, I've answered this already, but yeah, I think it's a movie, but you guys think it's a second season. See, but the thing is, it's like, so the movie would... Because the idea with these shows, wasn't it, that Kevin Feige originally said, you don't need to watch the shows. You just see the films. You don't need to watch them. So they fill stuff in, but you don't need them. And I think Doctor Strange has rather put paid to that theory. 
And I think we can pretty much say that, even from the trailer, not giving out any spoilers, that that's the first film where I feel that you materially need to have watched some of the additional TV material. So I guess if they did then transition Moon Knight to film, there's precedent for that, isn't it? You don't, you do have to have seen the show and you're just going to have to get on with it. It's not phase four, it's phase, you just have to get on with it now. If you're not on, <laughs> if you're not on board this train yeah. by now, then, well, you've got a lot of catching up to do or you're never going to get on board this train. I yeah. think that's where we are. I feel like, I mean, there was, there was a guy yesterday, um, where, so as we record this, uh, yesterday, Doctor Strange screened for critics. Again, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but a guy on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. yes, a guy on Twitter um, put up a list of things that you should have watched yeah. allegedly now, before seeing. I think he was taking the piss. I think he was taking the piss on the is that Deadpool 2 was in there and there, I can't see any conceivable, possible yeah. link between those. But at the same time, it was a ridiculous list that many people seemed to take seriously and many people were retweeting going, God, if this is the kind of homework you have to do to enjoy yeah, a film, yeah. then, you know, I'm out. And you shouldn't have to do homework to see a stupid film. You shouldn't film. have to do homework to see a stupid film. And I think, like, all of these MCU films for a while now have been essentially interdependent. Like, if you think you could see Avengers Infinity War as your first MCU people, and it was for some people, and yeah. they seem to have enjoyed it. Yeah. But it, that is not the ideal first no, film. But you appreciate MCU. on a different level, don't you? I guess they, they have a superficial un understanding of the narrative of that film, but we... Of course. Lunatics understand it on a much deeper level. Oh, no. Wow. I mean, I wouldn't have called it superficial and deeper because I feel like that's a little pejorative. You think? Um, <laughs> But, but I do think that they are trying to make it accessible to first-timers, but I think they've passed the point where that's their main priority. Yeah, I think so. I would moderately dispute that, but this, this feels like a conversation for, the for another Strange. spoiler special. Strange, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. but yeah I, I think they, as, as much as there is lots of context to be gleaned from these shows, I still think they're doing a relatively clean job of also within those films giving you what you need. So I feel like if Moon Knight did Actually. show up in something, you'd go like... Well, that's Oscar Isaac, and he's a moon dude who fights people, and yeah. that's that's enough. No, to be clear, I, I to think be British. <laughs> to be clear, I think you can uh, turn up absolutely blind and go into all of these absolutely blind. I think it's becoming a little bit harder, um, and and I think that, I, I think that less about Doctor Strange again, not getting into spoilers, than I do about Infinity War or Endgame. Yeah, Infinity. I mean, Endgame in particular yeah. is not a film you could just yet, walk into, and yet it was. And yet people uh, did. People's first. People did. First yeah. I just. I, I'd love to talk to someone who went to see Endgame. Yeah. Like, what did you, what did get, you get out, out of, of it? That? Yeah. Did exactly. you enjoy it? Did you understand what was happening? <laughs> I mean. And it's I know the second biggest movie people. of all time. It's my partner. I made her a PowerPoint presentation before we went to see it. But that's but she's, she's lucky enough to be, yeah. you know, to marry to someone who has a PowerPoint. Then explained to her before <laughs> yeah. she got to go in. So uh yeah, this is a longer conversation, definitely, for the Doctor Strange in the mm -hmm. Multiverse of Madness uh spoiler special. That is for damn sure. At Alex underscore Romat, can we expect to see more obscure Marvel characters get the TV treatment? Boonat has proven that Marvel can achieve it and it expands in the mythology so well with characters with depth and story worth telling. Well, the next two shows are Miss Marvel, which starts in June, mm -hmm. yeah. and She-Hulk, which mm -hmm. starts yeah. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> What's after that? What's happening? Uh, they're, they're shooting Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion. Yeah. Is Secret Invasion the next one? I think so. The Lucky season two yep. is either filming right now or is about to film right now. But other than that, Oh, they're doing Ironheart. Ironheart, Ironheart as well. Yeah. Agatha, House of Agatha. Agatha House of yeah. Agatha. Is a thing. Yeah. Um, are we missing any? Echo. Echo. Is confirmed. Echo. 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 Wow. 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 Yeah, there's wow. quite a lot wow. coming. Wow. Um, 
I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but I I think this is exactly, this is exactly the point, isn't it? That, you know, you can make these stories for Disney Plus. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's still a pitching process that they have to go through to justify the budgets that even something like this takes. It's not a cheap show to make. Um, And maybe slightly less is riding on it than is on a, you know, a massive movie. So... And, and in, t- in fairness, that's not because the budgets are wildly, wildly, wildly different, I don't think. I think it's just that expectations mm. are different um, when you are either giving your own channel content versus trying to make a splash at the box office. I think there's a, there's a different pressure applied to budgets. Because there is a question regarding the budget. Like, do we know what the budgets for these 12, shows are? 12 per episode? 12 pounds per episode. 12 pounds per episode. Yeah. Okay, so that seems reasonable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea. I've no idea what the budgets were, but they they keep saying somewhere in the region of I don't know who they are, but mm. I, I've read that it's about one hundred and fifty million dollars per mm. show, which yeah. is which isn't a bad budget. It's not about and by TV standards, it's, it's a very, yeah. very good. Budget. Even by film standards, that's not a bad no. budget. It's not bad at all. But you can see somehow sure. occasionally you sure. can see. So each show so far, I would say, has had like a show stopping sequence that is and James is going to bristle at this but that is worthy of the big screen <laughs> where the effects Blasphemy. and the execution is as good as you know well not as good but you know, it, yeah, it, it could much. belong yeah. on the big yeah. screen like even, even our much maligned Falcon and the Winter Soldier has that incredible the set opening, piece yeah. in the opening yeah. in the opening episode um, and pretty much all the shows so far have had something like that I love the finale of Hawkeye for mm-hmm. example that felt really really fun um, and this for all that I feel there were some corners cut a little bit in this episode, it still has two giant Egyptian gods <laughs> fighting each other outside the you know the Pyramid of Giza, which I switched off a little bit during that, but as a spectacle, it was it was pretty impressive. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't think that it was a wildly cheap effect or anything else. I think you know, Oscar Isaac is a you know buy one get one free deal. In fairness, <laughs> I think part of the part of the problem with with effects uh, vis-a-vis Marvel from things I hear is that they so on one hand they go into things and they've they've pre-planned and they've they've done their um pre-vising of all the action sequences and and you know map them out and they've got a really clear idea of what they want to do they will absolutely not hesitate to throw all of it out the window at a moment's notice if they come up with a better idea or if they think it isn't working as well as it should um that's where the budget seems to go in the movies um so and I think what we've seen so far and, and what we've heard from the behind the scenes stuff in the TV show has been more story chopping and changing and maybe less, you know, effects chopping and changing. And I wonder if there's, this may be completely wrong, but mm. I wonder if if that's helping to keep the cost somewhat down. Somewhat down. Yeah, possibly. My thought just on the effects stuff is the one thing I wish we had a little bit more of was like the, a physical, practical Moon Knight suit because there were moments where like the effects weren't bad at all but like I loved the look and the texture and the mm. feel of that suit but often on screen it then came across as quite CG-ish. Yeah. Um and obviously you're going to get the the transformation sequences where the bandages kind of wrap around him but I wish we'd got a little bit more of that actual suit cuz it's such a cool mm. it's really cool well, look. You, I, I could be wrong cuz often you can't tell but I got the impression that when he doesn't have the hood up there's some practical suit stuff there do we think or do we think it was all CG? 
I wasn't sure, but then I can't even tell with Iron Man. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is difficult. But I think the hood thing, I'm not sure how well that works practically. That said, I think the Steven suit was practical. A yeah, the time, Mr. Knight one, so, I think, is, is yeah. properly real. I like that where it flits between him yeah. as Moon Knight and then Stephen as it's Mr. Midnight and Mr. Midnight is that his name? Mr. Yeah. Knight, Mr. Knight, Mr. Mr. Knight. Knight. Sorry, uh, Mr. Knight, and then goes back to uh, to Moon Knight yeah. again. Yeah, Mr. Knight throwing one of the batons and you follow the baton round, and then when he catches it, yeah. he's Moon Knight. He's Moon Knight it was again. Yeah, fucking great. So good. Yes. Also, the texture that. on his suit was gorgeous. <laughs> Just the embroidery and the. the yeah. Oh, he's, he's quite quite the dapper one. He is, yeah. What are you wearing? Psycho Colonel Saunders. <laughs> yes. Saunders. Um, Sorry. You have to put some respect in the Colonel's name. Mm. With his 11 herbs and spices. Oh. Um, incidentally, uh, previs is what happens when Wanda and Vision engage oh, foreplay. Am I going to have to call it pre-visualization from now on every time oh, I mention it? You got previs everywhere. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's okay, Viz. Happens to the best of us. Oh dear. Endless Mike. Oh three. Who asked the woman at the museum on the date? Who bought the fish? I'm inclined to think it was Mark. I know we had a theory it wasn't. I think it, it doesn't was Jake. seem like a Jake thing to I think do. No, he did just killed her. Well, I'm not sure he would have killed her. Shot but... her in the face. She didn't mention a Spanish accent or anything, do you know what I mean? That's true. I think she would have noticed. But then she didn't also mention that he suddenly dropped his American accent either. So mm. I believe that is a little nonsense. Unless one of Jake's things is that he is, maybe a reason why he's speaking Spanish for some reason. Uh, maybe he's a polyglot. He can, he can blend in, disappear mm. with any luck he's got like the already. Mm. <laughs> As for the fish, uh, I like to think that Stephen and Grant Stephen and Mark went shopping together for the second fish. They like picked him together because well, having this conversation between themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, looking at the oh. fish. Going wow, like, the lady in the oh, fish I like shop. that one. I think well. he's kind of cool. Oh no, I like that one. Whatever. Loving your Mark impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can only do Stephen. I can only yeah. tap into. I'm not Oscar Isaac. I can't flip between them. Saint Wright asks: It was Jake Conchu's avatar all along. I don't think Jay he was. It was Mark, because Mark is the chief personality, he is the chief identity, and he, it was him who was dying. Yes. But I think Konshu, once he got him as his avatar and had a little peek inside his head, was like, oh, this is interesting. The worm, we don't need him. This guy, I can use. And I think Jake has a little bit more agency um, than Stephen certainly did uh, initially. I think Jake is probably aware of the arrangement and is happy to be let out every now and again. Yeah, he does seem to be aware of the arrangement. I I don't know how much agency he originally had, given the whole locked in the sarcophagus thing, in the same way that Stephen was, not Mark. Mm. So he, you know, as you say, he's still a secondary personality. Maybe that explains it. And maybe it's not a per perfect metaphor because the whole hospital thing, as we've discussed, is very confusing. But um, is this one of the forty hospitals that the government promised <laughs> that exist only in the imagination? <laughs> oh, politics! But, you know, everything real starts in the imagination. That's true. Even this Even pathetic this wobbly table was once that started the imagination. Yeah, and probably should have stayed there. Wish it had. Okay, but uh, good point. Well done, uh, Mike Boy. If I, I can't remember what your point was, but if, you know, it was a good one, Great. and you made it well. Yeah. Mike Boy asks, "Who was Stephen leaving voicemails for?" Well, that's the thing. He thinks he's talking to his mother, doesn't he? It's yeah. just all a bit tragic. Yeah. No one. Because if he's living the the life that Mark 
can't is struggling to accept yeah. and that and that switch happened when his mum died so right. it would make sense that he immediately were in that scene in the last mm. episode as soon as he turns into Stephen he mm. calls his mum so he must just be calling either her old phone or just a random number who he believes is his mum or just nothing and he thinks yeah. he's on the phone yeah. 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 He, he thinks he hears a voicemail yeah. but he's not hi mom. hello hiya. it's me Stephen light is gators <laughs> oh no uh, at Fintage underscore double mark and Stephen seem to be aware that there is a potential third personality but they seem to brush it aside fairly quickly understandable due mm. to the circumstances but do we believe that Konshu is able to access the third personality, a.k.a. Jake, at will? Or does he have to wait for a high-stress situation, like editing a podcast, <laughs> for it to kick in and then get him to do as he needs? That's a very good question. I don't know. And that's a terrible answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I do think Conchu has had discussions with Jake. I think he has had discussions with Jake. Um, I just don't know how extensive mm. those have been does and he, when they took place. Does he have access to the subconscious? <laughs> well, okay. Here's another thing I kind of butted up against a little bit. So Mark and Stephen, as far as they're aware, they have been, the curse has been lifted. They are no longer bound to Conchu. They are no longer his avatar. They are free to live their lives as Mark and Stephen in the body. Where do they go from here? I don't know. Do they go back to work as a mercenary or as a gift shop worker? Who knows what's going on there? What happens to Layla? The whole thing needs to be explored. Ideally in a $300 million movie hmm. because movies are better than TV. Uh, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> at the end, whenever Mark and Stephen are having the conversation with, with Harrow in the uh, hospital on the astral plane, they have the conversation, they say, Mark says, uh, Stephen says, later skaters, and they make the choice, you know, what's better, you know, we could stay here in this reality or we could go and save the world. Stephen says, you know, we, you know, we prefer saving the world. But what does he think he's going to save the world with? Because they, he, as far as he's concerned, he's no longer tethered to Konshu. He no longer has the powers of the Moonlight. He's just a gift shop worker. How's this motherfucker going to save the world? Well, he's a genius billionaire, potentially, I guess. But he doesn't know that. Mark knows that. <laughs> Mark doesn't know he's a billionaire. I would put money on it. Mark doesn't know. I don't think Mark knows. Mark doesn't know he has money. You think Jake is the one tapping into all the money? Mm -hmm. Even Who's though that is for Mark's... The flat? Mark is, but out of his uh, mercenary ways. So you think that's, he's got that's money, big but not information to billionaire withhold. money? Uh, yeah, I think wow. he. I think he. He has a comfortable lifestyle that is funded by his mercenary ways, but clearly, at some point, he has become a billionaire. Now, is it Jake Lockley who has been driving that, but obviously using the face and name of Mark Spector because that is a personalized number plate it on is, that car at yeah. the end and only an absolute bellen has a personalized number plate <laughs> yeah it so. did not like that did do you have a personalized number plate <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, set yourself up here fan force <laughs> oh, <no>. oh god <laughs> praise Ahmed what, what did it say did it say spectre it says spectre yeah, yeah. Spectre, uh, yeah. With a K. Yeah, that was uh, I'll, I'm just going to say that was lame maybe it's just that borrowed was really from like the next Bond film or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot going on there there's yet, yet to be resolved and I would hope that they thought about maybe, yeah, maybe. thought about how it works because they seem to be you know divesting themselves of the moonlight powers and persona it could be interesting if jake causes arguments between mark and stephen both of whom think the other has been hogging the body <laughs> when it's actually been jake who's been having it at various times yeah that's what i think is happening I, I, don't, I don't think he needs a, a high stress event to trigger jake i think he can access jake a little bit more readily than but, it, yeah, but maybe. the fundamental problem here is that Mark and Stephen are now cohabiting, so they know 
every, like they always said the whole time. So if they're having blackouts now, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna know. But again, I think there may be an element of of them stepping around the subject still. But this is what I think what will the power term, at season two or yeah, the movie, I think so too. which is okay. We now know there's a third personality. You and I have woken up in the same body in the bed again, chained to the bed, and we've no memory of what the hell happened in the last twenty four hours. What is going on? And we don't have the direct line to Konshu that we once had, so we need to somehow find a way. Does Layla still have the powers of the fuck hippo? Can she help in some ways? Do they need to go back to Cairo or, more accurately, Budapest? <laughs> once again, you and I remember Budapest very differently. Uh, at Mr. Chris underscore T, are news reports in the MCU simply like unexplained events in Cairo? And then a day later, everyone's moved on. I think, I mean, I mean, that's what happens here, I was about right? to say, that's just the news, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like crazy earth-shattering yes. things happen and then another crazy earth-shattering thing happens and we just pretend like the first thing didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, like it was like giant kaiju Boris Johnson wrestles over the pyramids of Giza. <laughs> Everyone be like, what the fuck? And tomorrow it'd be like, oh my God, Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Wow. Yeah, Wowzers. It's yeah. pretty much that. Wait, I'd forgotten that. Is he buying Twitter? <laughs> Sorry. That was last week. Oh. Yeah. So that was a year ago. That's oh. right. Uh, it's a long time in the MCU. So yeah, but but as discussed, I don't think the world saw the kaiju fight. I think the world just saw some people mm. get in a fight. But it is on it, ground level. That's a point, and I think some people have asked about this. Um, the fact that this show is so we talked about this in previous weeks, but we thought that there might be some sort of bridging material in this final episode, something to a connect this show to the wider MCU. Uh, or even something to place it in a specific timeline within the MCU. And it did neither of those things, which I thought was very, very interesting. Uh, but I was going to say very, very quickly, we'll, we'll come to, back to that point. Uh, but Eternals had a massive, great big fucking giant figure thing come out of the, the ocean and then just stop. Is that on the news? Mm. Also, Arisham turned up at Primrose Hill. Like, you'd think that would at least <laughs> so, make the ham and high. I, I think... I think, I think... <laughs> I think the islands in the ocean probably did make the news. Right. I think Arisham maybe didn't. And I know people were looking at it at the time. It was time, a busy week. But I wonder if that just kind of got wiped Competing out Competing for front afterwards. page space. I get yeah. it. You'd shit your pants. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If that happened. Yeah. Primrose Hill is not too far away from here. I, I, to my knowledge, a giant spaceman has never appeared. To be fair, Primrose Hill is, of course, adjacent to Camden. So I suspect they're entirely desensitized to this kind of thing. <laughs> Deviance, ahoy. Uh, but what do we think about the fact that it's entirely unconnected and unrelated? There isn't a single mention of another MCU hero or character, as far as we can tell. There was a brief reference, wasn't there, to the ancestral plane? Mm -hmm. But other than that, there's nothing going on here, and we don't even know when this is taking place. We have to presume that unless we're told it's taking place in, quote-unquote, the present day, that everything runs after each other. And in our world. And in our world. That it is our universe, 616, absolutely. Our universe. Well, the MCU. The MCU. Yeah. Sorry, I keep getting those two yeah, no. conflated because, uh, you know, I, I'd rather live there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what do we think of that? Standalone. I liked that they had the confidence to not have to always do that. They've been quite open from the beginning that this is going to be sort of its own thing. And Oscar Isaac saying, hey, I just signed up for six episodes of this show. And for them to have actually meant it. Because they have all the possibility in the future. If they want to cross them over, if they want to tie it mm -hmm. into things, they can do. But it's probably quite attractive at uh, a point where films like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness are springing off the back of Doctor Strange and WandaVision and all sorts of things. It all it does all tie in quite heavily mm -hmm. to have something that is completely unconnected 
and has this massive A-lister at the centre of it. And you can be like, hey, you can just watch this and it's its own thing. Mm. I, I'm, I'm happy that they're continuing to do those among everything else that does tie in because yeah. it doesn't stop them from doing that in the future because yeah. we know miss marvel is connected in some way to you know there's a there's a there's a sort of fangirl thing going on with captain marvel even though i don't expect a captain marvel cameo and we obviously know of course that she hulk has banner in it mm-hmm. and has hulk in it in fact so for the first time since Endgame. Endgame. Yeah. Maybe a bit of statement of intent as well, as we've mentioned before, of this being the first Disney Plus show that is a new character that isn't carrying on somebody else from the movies. For Mm -hmm. them to say, hey, some of this original stuff is just going to be its own thing with Mm. potential to connect in the future. Just a couple of last questions and we've got to wrap it up. Uh, Gutter underscore and underscore star gutter and the stars uh, on Twitter obviously are Mark and Stephen now the most huggable MCU character <laughs> they're, 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 they've got to be up there Mara's from Shang-Chi I think might be huggable uh, oh, yes. Mark is more huggable I, I but actually in a like the, way. the big lion things from Shang-Chi more yeah um, oh you see oh they're just like like you could just like not just hug them but like like on Totoro like just go to sleep on top of them it'd be amazing but, but Mar- Morris you could hug yeah, but he has no really, face like, he has wings he's got no he's got yeah but you might if you hugged him you might crush his wings and also his dreams you don't know <laughs> so yeah um but oh, oh, big hug! I mean, like, look, Wong has big huggability energy. He may not like try to deny it, but he definitely does. You know? yeah, but would you try and hug Thanos? Wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's, big, he's no longer in the MCU. A big though, manly so he's hug. Dead. Dead. Yeah. dead. I'd like to think I'd give him a kind of uh, Dylan and Dutch high five. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> with the Infinity Gauntlet. Thanos, Thanos you son of a son bitch! Of a bitch. <laughs> you like that? Look, because some damn fool told me you were the best. <laughs> We have discussed this, James. You have no ethical basis for any of your arguments. You Buster just Nara, like Novakov got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> you just like mass murderers. I'm not here for it. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, good old. stuff. Uh, also, Gutter and Stars asks. Also, I think Moon Knight may have broken the MCU curse of everyone is beautiful and no one is horny, with Mark and Layla and Stephen. <laughs> I don't know. I think WandaVision was pretty horny and they were always at it. Yeah, it was, that was quite a horny show, to be fair. Uh, and I, I don't know, there's like, what's the chaste version of horny? Because that's what Steve and Peggy had what the are we whole talking time. About? Eternals has fucking on the beach. It, it did. did. Actual penetration. Yeah. Oh, good lord. <laughs> it's the sequel name. <laughs> With Arisham watching. Dogging, in oh, fact. Wow. Celestial what? dogging. <laughs> Celestial dogging just outside Primrose Hill. <laughs> just like, like ancient Babylon technically but alright oh dear lord John Salmon catch a salmon 88 why does the hippo costume have eagle wings all of these things are good questions we don't know That those wings are kind of like a general pattern that you see often in, in yeah. you know, Egyptian um, drawings and so on and I think might have been part of the kind of inspiration for some um, robes of state and things like that that you saw on, on some of the Egyptian pharaohs so i feel like that's just them taking it because she felt more like horus girl than hippo girl to me she did yeah yeah because god forbid anyone in the mcu should have an ounce of extraneous fat (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't what i was getting at but like like, i'm not like i'm not having a go but like you know they weren't going to make her hippo like were they in any she could have had the little ears the little cute little ears and like how would that so, be scary? I don't know. Fighting? <laughs> you make a good point. Like, how would hippo hippo foo work? Yeah. I don't know. 
It's not, you know, short of giving her the ability to crush mm. people with but her I mean, mouth, which would as, be gross. Yeah, as we've discussed, hippos can fuck shit up. So. Hippos will yeah. absolutely ruin your boat and yeah. your day and your life. <laughs> well, they'll fuck you up. Hipp- hippos will straight up murder yeah. you. So yeah. it's the fuck you up hippo. Mm-hmm. It could have been though, like because hippos are fast as well. It could have been like bulky, speedy, strength, like again, running up and like smashing people and smashing shit. And, yeah, making yeah. but making especially women bulky is not something that you know mainstream movies do really. I mean, in the, interestingly, you know, in the in the comics, they did make Peggy Carter bigger, physically bigger, but she's still perfectly proportionate. So it's it's something that they. I think She-Hulk yeah, might might tackle She-Hulk this may ta- tackle this somewhat, but you know, even She-Hulk is like super hot, basically. She's kind of like she's never had like original Hulk body, really. She's tended to have like Professor Hulk level body, hasn't mm. she? So yeah, and Professor Hulk is straight up hot. So wait, am um, I getting yes, into yes. My... <laughs> Helen disputing the non uh, disabusing the non horny theory. <laughs> That is one thing that Encanto does really well. Mm. Luisa in Encanto, yeah. who gets to be like big and muscular, but can like really move at the same time. Like they, 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 there are ways of doing that. Yeah. All right. There were loads of questions. Um, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of uh, most of the questions. Some one person, I don't have your name, sorry, uh, said, "Did we lament the fact that the Waking Life and Dreams line was never actually said yes. in the show?" <laughs> Between my waking life and, and dreams. dreams. I've just realised they never said no. it. Never but said I think we it. knew they weren't going to yeah. say it yeah. after the first couple of episodes. Mm. Yeah, Because that's when he was in the, yeah. the, the business of being able to tell the difference between his waking that's life right. and dreams. Yeah. And I feel like our Stevens have kind of not really been around as much as they were at the beginning. No, very much shame. not. Yeah. 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 Probably a blessing in yeah. disguise yeah. for everyone Probably. else. Yeah. Uh, but I do love the specificity of his accent. I mean, just the way he says Mark. I mean, Mark. just oh, so beautiful, Mark. so such a good accent. Screw anyone who thinks it's a chance, bad accent. mate. Uh, Shopaholic, um, you know, just give a shout out to Fal Shopaholic because um, she sends in questions all the time. But she does. She mentioned Randall. Okay, there's another one of my Harrow points. Harrow says in that battle he's having with uh, with Moon Knight in the street in Cairo, he says if Ahmed had been around, she would have saved Randall. How does he know about Randall? Chewing that. Who Maybe he Randall? has really been Randall's Mark's brother, brother, younger brother, who he who died. Right. I think they younger. called him Roro, but it was Randall. Uh-huh. Um, I maybe he has been in Mark's head then. Maybe that tends to support the notion that he was he's been in Mark's head. Yeah, I think there's there's I think there's something going on there. I really do. I really, really do. Um, the last thing I'm going to say is from Amon Woman, who was meant to be part of this this show. Uh, and couldn't make it um, because we moved it earlier. And uh, he has a number of thoughts. So he says, Layla and the Mark and Steven team up was extremely cool and made up for the lack of action in the series. I think there was an action beat in every episode, pretty much, apart from maybe last week. Um, going back and forth between suited Steven and Moon Knight was all of the things. Uh, he would have liked to have seen Lockley in action. He doesn't think the show lived up to the brutal tag that Feige gave uh, to us. Um he thinks that the are you an Egyptian superhero I am bit was unnecessary oh I like that and that Layla kicking ass was working well on its own and there was no need to verbalise it with the on the nose dialogue it, it was kind I of on the nose I thought it was very clunky I yeah. loved the sentiment clunky. the actual yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think it, it was nice it was great mm-hmm. that the little kid says are you an Egyptian superhero I think her response should have been I guess 
rather than I am. She Layla a... Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's not. On May the 4th of all days, yeah. let's not. Uh, but yeah, it, it did have a whiff of the um, all-girl bit in Endgame about it. Yeah, great bit. Love I that don't remember there being an all-girl bit in Endgame. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. I love that. I thinking of... No, uh, anyway... Uh, and he says, I expect you to read all of this verbatim. Konshu's suit game is on point. Marco and Bag for Steven is the best. Are these guys my new fave MCU power couple? Egyptian gods are really dumb and simply hippo. But he says, hippo! Hippo! There you go. So yeah. that, that, that's, right. the, that's the thoughts of Amon. Konshu does have that very nice uh, tweed suit kind that's of true. thing at the end. That's that's cool. Cool look for him. Yeah, he does great. indeed. I like it. However, James in particular has to run. I do. It's yeah. true. He has to run um, and we have to get some lunch because mm. we, we're doing another podcast in about 30 minutes or so. Uh, and so I guess that is it for our Moonlight Spoiler Special series. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these. Thank you so much for subscribing and thank you, of course, my three colleagues of such lethal conchuning. Toodaloo. Ben Travis. Goat. <laughs> and go. James Dyer woohoo hippo hippo latest gators latest gators and it's goodbye for me I am off to the local pet shop to buy <laughs> to buy goldfish then come in the next day buy another goldfish but using a completely different accent <laughs> and just see what happens thanks so much for listening see you next time latest gators latest bye gators.